Live from the 607, it's the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour, where we're talking everything going on in the world of sports. Join in the conversation on social media with the hashtag ODPH, because here we go. Welcome to an all-new edition of the ODPH Podcast, better known as the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. Happy New Year, everybody. Thank you for joining us this week. My name is Ken M. Joining me in studio, as always, it doesn't matter what year it is, you know he's in the co-host chair. His name is Padawan J. Hello, hello, hello. Folks, it's been a hot minute, but we have a lot to talk in the world of sports to you about, so definitely make sure to swing on over to odphpodcast.com. Join in the conversation on our social media accounts. Check out the directory, the classifieds, the T Public Store, Parlay Points, you name it. If it's ODPH, it's there. And always remember to use the hashtag ODPHPod. No better way to kick off the sports edition of the ODPH than recapping the week that was in the NFL with our locks and leaps. So, Pad, take it away. Yeah, so we're going to start with my lock uh, because I took this one because I looked at it and went, oh, yeah, I got to take this one. I chose the New England Patriots to beat the Jacksonville Jaguars, which they did by the final score of 50-10. to 10. Jeez. Mac Jones, 22 of 30 for 227 yards passing, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, and on the flip side, Trevor Lawrence, 17 of 27, 193 yards, one touchdown, three interceptions. Uh, some other notable stats, Ramondre Stevenson, 19 carries, 107 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Kendrick Bourne, leading receiver for New England, you had five catches, 76 yards, and no touchdowns. Can we just say this? We've been on this podcast praising Mac Jones for... How many weeks now? Uh, Since at some point in the preseason, I want to say, if not week one. Okay. The slander that is going against him Mm -hmm. by Bill's Mafia, Uh primarily, Uh as a member of said Mafia, I am kind of offended by now. The kid is winning. Uh, His stats for the year as we record are 3,540 yards passing, good for 13th in the NFL. 21 touchdowns, which is tied for 13th in the NFL. Only 12 interceptions, which is tied for 19th in the NFL. And a QBR of 54.2, which is good for 10th in the NFL. Also want to point out, he is now the 15th rookie in NFL history to have 3,000 yards passing and 20 touchdowns in his rookie season. Uh, And he also breaks a Patriots record for touchdowns by a rookie that was set in the 60s. Yeah. How is he getting as much heat as he is? Like everybody is saying, oh, he's overrated. He, you know, he just manages games. Look, he's doing exactly what old TB used to do up there. Oh yeah, he's doing it better than TB did at this point in his career. Yeah, he's just dinking and dunking, and not having to throw the ball downfield for fifty yards. No, he's moving the chains, and guess what? It's working. It's the Patriot way. Yeah. Is it the sexiest thing to watch on TV? Not really, but. They're putting up points. They're winning games. Yeah. They're tied with the Bills now going into the final week. Bills have the lead because they beat the Patriots. They own the division outright. But Bills lose next week. Patriots win next week. Patriots get the division. If they both win, Bills get the division. Exactly. So for anybody that's writing this team off for whatever reason, because Mac is not putting up a ton of stats, he's winning games. He doesn't need to. Exactly. He's got a phenomenal run game. Listen, it's not the greatest run game in the NFL, but it's pretty goddamn good. You know, he's got a great receiving core, and he's got a defense that was spending more time in Jacksonville's backfield than the running backs were. Exactly. 
He has enough weapons around him that they can make a serious run. And if anybody doesn't believe it, you're not watching football. I'm saying this as a Bills fan note. I'm not drinking my own Kool-Aid. Yeah. I'm saying this. If the Patriots get in the playoffs, which they are going to, they're going to be a tough matchup for whoever they face. Mm -hmm. It's not exactly going to be a one and done. It's not like if Miami got in there, that would be a one and done. Mark my words. But for anybody facing the Patriots, your biggest fear just came true because they're in. And like I say, all they had to do was get in. And now they are. So now what happens moving forward is going to be anybody's guess because they have Miami on the schedule ahead of them. Yep. That one has big implications, as Pat alluded to. Oh, yeah. Because now being tied with the Bills, it comes down to this final week. And and also, the Patriots haven't played the Dolphins since week one. You know, so that feels like an eon ago. This is not the same team Miami faced week one. Yeah. You know, Mac has proven why he's the guy. He's proven why they trusted him and why they got rid of Cam Newton. I don't care what other reasons and what other, what other rumors. Doesn't matter. Innuendo might have been out there, but this is why. He is showing why that he's in the game. And, and the slander just needs to fucking stop, especially, if, like you've said from Bills fans, when he put up 50 on a team you couldn't get a touchdown against. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at the stat line. Final score, 9-6. to six. Josh Allen, zero passing touchdowns. The running game, zero running touchdowns. You only got two field goals. I know. And the Patriots put up 50. It's because the Patriots obviously knew what they're doing against this team. And like I say, I don't want to spend a lot of time kicking Jacksonville while they're down. They've had a rough season, to say the least. Oh, yeah. And honestly, there isn't anything to talk about except maybe they'll get a good head coach in there that could rectify everything. I don't know. Throwing a billion dollars at a turd doesn't make it any better. This is true. This is very, very true. I'm optimistic Byron Leftwich will take that job. I'm, I'm putting that karma out there for that organization because they have young talent. Yeah. But it, I'm not going to write them off just yet for the future. This season is a wash. Oh, this, I mean, this, this season's this, absolutely washed. It's you been know, a wash since the beginning. If I'm Trevor Lawrence and it don't get better by the time his rookie deal is up, I'm gone. Oh, I would be out of there too. I'm like, if I'm Trevor Lawrence and, and it's stat quo, it ain't getting any better. Hell, if it gets worse, that rookie deal is up. I'm gone. Well, they have to give more stability in that front office and coaching, in my opinion. They also have to give him anything to work with on the offensive side of the ball because I'm looking at their running game. Uh, none of them, as in, and every, anyone playing fantasy knows this this year, running backs in fantasy have been hard to come by this year with injuries and COVID and the whole nine yards. You know, I'm looking at their running game going, all right, hypothetically, because, you know, our fantasy season's over. If I were to need a running back at like the 11th hour, I'm not picking up any of these guys. And then a receiving game, I'm not picking any of these guys up. So, like Chris, Tavon Austin got three catches for two yards, and I went, son of a bitch, he's still playing? Well, we have to also keep in mind, though, with Jacksonville, that Travis Etain oh, yeah. was out for the year. That's so true. we have to kind of give a little leeway there. I understand what you're saying, though, because he doesn't have the weapons around him to really make a run. This team needs to be gutted from top to bottom, and they need to get somebody in there that is NFL ready to lead this team. Mm-hmm. Say what you will about Urban. He's a great college coach. He wins there. The NFL was not his cup of Java. And there's nothing wrong with that. He's not the first one to run into that issue. He won't be the last. Exactly. I mean, we've seen the lineage of coaches that have came from the or the college ranks into the NFL, and they've been one and done because it's a totally different game. And that's something that 
I think he struggled with when trying to implement his offense there. Sure. It's not exactly where you built up these programs and you have a, you know a, the same formula everywhere you go. Yeah, it's not going to work in the NFL because you are dealing with the best of the best of American football. Yeah, and, and it's in the NFL, you know, especially the AFC, you know, and the NFC are a lot different than when he was facing the Big Ten when he was with Ohio State and facing the SEC when he was with Florida. Yeah, it's it's a lot different, you know. It ain't exactly the cupcakes like the Citadel you you might be scheduling, where you put up sixty before halftime. Exactly. If Alabama faces Jacksonville, I take Alabama by fourteen and a half. I'll give you the early point spread. I take Alabama by thirty. Are you fucking kidding me? Holy shit! But that's the issue Jacksonville is going to have to deal with in the off season, and for the Patriots, it's a big game this weekend. Oh yeah. But I've already told you this, Pad. I don't even need to see the point spread. I am taking New England. For my lock. Oh, here we go. I'll look at Because admittedly, I have not looked up my locks and leaps for this coming week yet. So I, I haven't looked at what the line is. I'm, I'm kind of curious, though. Because uh, hopefully, I was looking at the TV schedule here locally. Game's on at 425, so might be a shot. It's on locally. I'm crossing my fingers. Uh, currently, the Patriots are favored by seven. Done. But also want to keep in mind, this game is in Miami. Doesn't matter. Because this is why I'm saying the Patriots are going to be a threat in the playoffs. Uh-huh. All they need to do is get in and they're in. And that's the one thing that we need to remember because a lot of teams solidified their spot this week. So that's why I say oh, yeah. you have to really kind of watch because there's only a couple races that have not been finished yeah. that we know the final settings. I'll say, I think essentially the AFC playoff spots are solidified. There's maybe there's only a couple of spots left, but, right. but not but like the specific like one through whatever. that Even that hasn't been settled yet. Exactly. So the Patriots know the gravity of the situation. Miami, we'll get to them in our recap. Trust me, I have a lot to say about them. But I'm saying this to close out about the Patriots. They're in playoff mode. Uh huh. This is what Bill Belichick gets up in the morning for. He goes out there to win and crush teams. He wanted to make an example out of Jacksonville, and he did. Because this team is in shambles. Yeah. They need to get to the offseason, hit the reset, Get somebody in there that can guide this team and knows what they're doing. And like I say, I'm really screaming from the rooftops. Byron Leftwich is your guy. Give him the job. If you don't, I'm not sure who you can get in there that can really turn this ship around quick. Well, I mean, the name I have seen thrown out today, but not for the Jacksonville Jaguars, but I think at this point, if he's expressing interest to come back into the NFL, you have to give him a call is uh, uh, Harbaugh from Michigan. Well, it would be interesting to see him come back. Yeah, I mean, his name has been thrown out as having potential interest in the Raiders head coaching job. See, I think he would go to the Raiders because they're built to win now. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're only missing maybe a couple players here and there to make a serious dynasty run Uh into the playoffs. But Jacksonville is going to be a project that somebody's going to have to be patient with. You do have the pieces there to work with. Oh, yeah. You need a lot of help, but that's the beauty of free agency in the draft. If you know what you're doing, you'll be able to do it. And Jacksonville could be a playoff contender within a couple years. However, you need to do a massive overhaul. Like top to bottom, front office, all the way down. Yeah. And I don't know if that's going to happen, unfortunately. But I don't think so. But the only person, and like I say, if you know his past, Byron Leftwich came out from Jacksonville. Yeah. He's, he's a Jaguar legend. It makes sense from a PR standpoint, but he knows what he's doing. And I think if you give him the chance, he would do wonders with this team. But that's the thing. You have to give him a chance. Yeah. And 
I don't know what they're going to do, what they're looking for in their coaching staff because, hey. I hope I'm wrong, but knowing the Jaguars, especially over the last, you know, 20-some-odd years I've, I've watched the NFL, they they might have a shot at landing, like, the guy that, like, parallel universe leads them to a Super Bowl down mm-hmm. the road. What they're probably going to end up doing is getting the big is getting the big sexy name that don't work out. Oh, I'm sure. They're probably looking at somebody from the college ranks. Not Harbaugh, but somebody else. Yeah. And then that's your problem because you try going for these flash clickbait moves and they don't pan out. Yeah. Because these candidates you're looking at are not NFL ready. It's like if they were to announce they were hiring Bill O'Brien as their head coach. I'd be like, all right, that is not the most surprising thing I've ever heard from them. No, I wouldn't be. I know Coach would be happy. <laughs> coach wants him in New York badly. Oh, I'm sure. Very, very badly. But we'll have to see what happens in the offseason. But there's one more game for the Patriots, and that's going to be a big one. Lock that in. They're going to win that one outright. I'll even say they'll win by 10. Okay. I'll give you a point spread on that one. All right. But let's get to your leap, though. I'm yeah. going to get too wound up talking the uh, Patriots slander there. Yeah, so my leap was the Pittsburgh Steelers to defeat the Cleveland Browns because I heard you know all the rumors about it might be Ben's last home game in Heinz Field. Mm-hmm. And then I looked up his record against the Cleveland Browns. I don't remember, but it's real goddamn good. Uh, and Pittsburgh ended up winning by the final score of 26-14. Uh, ben Roethlisberger, 24-46 for 123 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Uh, Baker Mayfield, 16-38 of 38 for 185 yards passing, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Also got to know, uh, Najee Harris had a hell of a game, 28 carries, 188 yards, one touchdown. Uh, and then the receiving Ray Ray McLeod uh, was your leading receiver, four catches, 35 yards, no touchdowns. Well, this is a division game, uh huh. so you knew Cleveland was going to hang with them for a little bit, but the Browns have got a lot more issues. They were already eliminated from the playoffs before Monday hit. Shout out to the ESPN Monday Night Football graphics crew for uh, animating the Browns' struggles about how they started like 3-1, and 4-1, and one, and then how they've gone like 4-7 and seven or whatever their last 11 games. And they used the clip from the office where he spills the chili. But in this case, it's the head coach of the uh, Cleveland Browns. Thought that was hilarious. Oh, yeah, it was. But that's the Browns to the letter right there. 100%. They're the team of bad luck because they find ways to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. Uh Uh-huh. It's a wild formula they have in Cleveland. I don't know exactly how they fix it at this stage. I Baker, I've heard, has been playing hurt all year. He's getting a uh, surgery now. He won't be in the last game. Yeah. But there is a lot of issues with Cleveland, so which is which is sad because I know they were a lot of people's pick. Oh, I'm going Super Bowl. Yeah, to go either go to the Super Bowl or at least make a deep run in the playoffs. It, because on paper, they have the talent. Yeah, Baker had made improvements. You got Nick Chubb in the running game. You know, you had Landry. You know, David and Joku. You know, at the time they had OBJ coming yeah. back from injury. So on paper, it's like it's not bad. Uh, in actuality, yikes. Well, that's the problem. You get these potential superstars on the field and they got to produce. I mean, unfortunately when sports is a business, you either cash the check or you're bounced. Uh huh. Cleveland, unfortunately finds ways to do this. And a lot of times it's not on their fault. No. They, they just, they have this uncanny ability to have the worst timing of luck in the history of mankind. It's like the worst case of right place or wrong time. Exactly. And for Pittsburgh, we know the season has not gone their way no. by any means, but it's wild to see Mike Tomlin 
has set the record for 15 seasons with a winning record. Yeah, the only co- only coach in NFL history to do that. It's absolutely insane. And if you think about his tenure in Pittsburgh and how many players he's gone through and, and yeah. dealing with yeah. a lot of distractions, to yeah. say the least, he's always had Ben to guide the ship. And for Roethlisberger, this is the perfect way to go out. Oh, 100%. This was almost written like a movie. Yeah. It's wild to see how this was done, especially with Pittsburgh getting the ball back late so he could take the knee on the middle of the field and the crowd erupted. I mean, it was just a movie came to life. But he did get some help. And Najee Harris, ah, it, it hurts me that he's in Pittsburgh instead of Buffalo because he was the one guy on the draft. I was like, when he started falling, yeah. I was like, oh, please tell me. Yeah. Please tell me. Yeah. But Pittsburgh has a big superstar in their hands, and this was one of his breakout games. And just give him some time next season – Depending on who is going to be at center, because yeah. I think all signs are pointing to Ben is done. Yeah, and Pittsburgh's not eliminated yet. Mathematically, they're still in it because they are currently in the nine seed in the AFC at nine, or excuse me, eight, seven, and one. They've got the Raiders and Chargers and Colts both all ahead of them at nine and seven. So you look ahead to uh, this coming Sunday, where they are a, at one o'clock in Baltimore playing the Ravens. Mm. Well, I mean, stranger things have happened. And that's something that we need to remember on any given Sunday. Yeah, stranger things have happened. It is a division game. Who knows if Lamar is going to play? Because I think he's missed like the last two weeks, if not three. He's missed three, I believe. You know, currently Baltimore is favored by fifty or excuse, fifty-five. <laughs> Baltimore is favored by five and a half. I almost missed the decimal point there. So yeah, Baltimore is favored by five and a half. But I would imagine that swings back in uh, Pittsburgh's favor as the day go, days go by. I could see that going to a one-point game. Yeah, I, I, I could see especially that. if Lamar it continues that he's not going to play. But that's the one thing Pittsburgh is really kind of playing with house money. I mean, they have nothing to yeah. worry about. Like yeah. this season, the fact that they're still in contention this late with all the issues they've had is truly astonishing. Uh huh. And the fact that Ben has not been Ben of old. Oh, and also the crew you mentioned that it just occurred to me the th- uh, stat about Tomlin. Roethlisberger has got one as well that he's never finished. Below, he's never been on the team and finished below five hundred. He's had a couple of five hundred years. But he's never finished below 500. Yeah, it's a not even not even Brady has done that. Brady has had one losing season. I think it was like 2000 where he didn't play, but he was still technically on the roster. Yeah, but this is just a true testament to how the Steelers do their organization. Yeah, I mean they are more focused on character over talent, and they're the epitome of next man up. I mean, you think mm-hmm. about you think about how many star players that they have lost over the years, or just from like trades, retirement, you know, free agency, whatever. That it's just been like, oh, how the hell are they going to replace that guy? And they've already got the next replacement. Yeah, I mean, they're just so smart on their drafting. Yeah. It, it's it's truly uh, something special to watch. Oh, absolutely. Because, they, like you said, they get the next man up. Except it'll be interesting to see if they go and get somebody in the draft for yeah. for taking over Ben's reins. Or, yeah, because, sorry, Mason Rudolph ain't the guy. No, he's not the guy, and I think they know that. I know the heavy rumor was Aaron Rodgers, and yeah. that could still be on the table, but you never know what's going to happen in Green Bay, but we'll get into that a little later in the show. But this was a solid win for Pittsburgh, and this was a storybook ending for Ben's last home game in front of the fans. Yeah. A lot of fan moments there that will never be forgotten, especially him walking in the tunnel away with his family at the end of the game. That was a great photo. That was a perfect photo. So shout out to whoever took that shot because that is absolutely perfect way to send him off. Send that framed to his house. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. And like you touched upon, Pittsburgh has got Baltimore this week. Yeah. Cleveland. Yeah. I mean, they're there. 
but there's nothing really to talk about with their season. You got season. the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? I don't know. Well, they got a lot of you questions. got a swell zoo, I'll tell you that much. Well, they got a lot of questions to answer in the offseason. Yeah. Baker is one right now. I mean, that's got to be the one you really have to think about. Is he going to be your guy moving forward? Yeah, that's a serious conversation they need to have. Yeah, because you have the talent right now. Your running game with Nick Chubb is on point, and even your wide receiver core does have that potential to do some really great things. But it all falls back on the quarterback. So if Baker's not the guy... Who do you go get? And for Cleveland, we've been down this road many times. Like at least 30. So there is no clear-cut answer. I don't have one. No. But this is something that organization is really going to need to look at. Uh Uh-huh. And if they're going to be the playoff contender that we all thought they were going to be, they're going to have to really either find a way to fix Baker. Yeah. Or find his replacement fast. No, yeah, because they're going to they're gonna need to fix it fast because we'll get to the Cincinnati in a little bit, but you look at how good Cincinnati is. You know, you get, you got to figure Baltimore will be better next year once they get everybody healthy and maybe plug some pieces in. You know, Pittsburgh, you just don't know until they do what they do. It's, it's hard to say. But Cleveland has no room for error because otherwise they will be looking at the bottom of the AFC North for quite a few years. Exactly. And let's talk about Cincinnati, shall we? Sure. That was my leap. Over those Kansas City Chiefs. God damn this game. Wow. Fuck Jamar Chase. <laughs> we'll get to why that in a minute. Yes, we will. Uh, so the Cincinnati Bengals won by the final score of 34-31. to 31. Uh, Joe Burrow, 30 of 39 for 446 yards passing. Four touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, 26 of 35 for 259 yards passing. Two touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, also got to note, Joe Mixon leading Cincinnati rusher, 12 carries, 46 yards, no touchdowns. Jamar goddamn Chase, uh, 11 catches, 266 yards, three touchdowns. The reason I am pissed at Jamar Chase is because, uh, for those who don't know, Ken and myself are in a fantasy football league together. Mm. It was the two of us going up against each other for first place in said fantasy football game. That goddamn thing was over by the halftime because Ken happened to have Jamar Chase. Uh, Yeah, so Jamar Chase, I'm a little mad at you right now. You know, the sad thing is, my quarterbacks in that league was Patrick Mahomes uh-huh. and Joe Burrow. Yeah. Well, and I and I love how I was talking about, I'm like, yeah, this is, our matchup's over. And you're like, oh, you don't know what Aaron Rodgers is going to I'm like, dude, I'm down by 40. Rodgers ain't putting up 40. See, that's one thing. I never doubt Rodgers doing something like that. Neither do I, but I don't I don't see him putting up 40 points in a game in, for fantasy. You never know if he's going to get that mad. He might got inspired by this game because Joe Burrow, man, that kid has got some moxie on him, if I can use that term. He's got some swagger to his step. Oh, my God. The fact that they decided to just go and take it to Cincinnati, and he was tearing that secondary apart. Hey. This was not even close. Hey. So, yeah, like I mentioned, 11 catches. He was targeted 12 times, uh, 266 yards, three touchdowns. His longest catch was 72 yards. He averaged 24.2 yards a catch. How ridiculous is that stat? That's insane. And I love the one, well, like partially love, I also partially hate it because Mac Jones was the favorite for offensive rookie of the year going into this game. According to Vegas, you know, the Vegas odds, Mac Jones was the favorite going into this game. Uh, Mac Jones is now the underdog, uh, and understandably so, you know, because Jamar Chase just, just, yo, like, I, and I know some people were like at the draft, like, oh, Cincinnati needs an uh, uh, offensive lineman. And I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. But brilliant move by them to draft a wide receiver, you know, who already knows the quarterback. He's already got that, you know, built-in repertoire, 
you know, with the quarterback, it's paying off very well. Absolutely. I mean, this team, as long as they're healthy, that's the only issue that they have had in, yeah, uh-huh. in, in over the years. They have got more talent on that offensive side of the ball that people are now finally realizing. Yeah. And Jamar Chase is your offensive rookie of the year. This is not even a debate anymore. No. This is something that when he came out the gate, he was on fire. And did he have a couple stumbles? Yes, including uh, two other fantasy leagues I'm in. But it's okay because what he's done for this team is he has really given them a identity on the offensive side. Oh, yeah. And he causes so much attention on him that Joe Mixon is now having his own renaissance, if you will. Granted, the stat line for this game wasn't super crazy with 46 yards, but they took it to a Kansas City defense that everybody was anointing is back and, oh, right. the second coming and blah, blah, blah. The Bengals held their own. Yeah. I mean, Patrick Mahomes got his. It's not to say that it wasn't a complete you know squash match, but when you get down to that fourth quarter and that final minute – all I'm going to say is Cincinnati is lucky that Joe Burrow did not get seriously hurt uh-huh. for trying to QB sneak it yeah. three times to yeah. put that game away. Yeah, I'll say it ended up working, so a brilliant move by Cincinnati, but it could have very easily blown up in their face. And also, you gotta you got to wonder why uh, Kansas City didn't just let him walk in, because I remember a couple of years – when it was Brady versus Peyton in Indianapolis. And there were a couple times that, you know, late in the game, the Patriots had let Indianapolis and Peyton Manning score just so they could get the ball back with more time. Because Cincinnati was kind of shooting themselves in the foot with this one, which is like continue. Hey, great on your defense stopping Cincinnati like 900 times at the goal line at the end of that game. But like, yeah, it might hurt you in the end. It was kind of a very polarizing thing because Zach Taylor, the coach of the Bengals, his play calling and, and going for it as much as he did was crazy. He's lucky he got that flag at the end. He's got some cojones. Yeah, it's ice water in his veins. But they were truly lucky they got that uh, pass yeah. interference. Oh, yeah, call yeah, yeah. But this is something we've talked about Kansas City all the time. If you listen to when Rich from 3FN comes by the show, he'll tell you Kansas City plays dirty. And you saw a lot of chippiness in that game. Oh, yeah, there was even chippiness from the stands from a certain yes. certain fiancé of Patty Mahomes. Uh-huh. So, like I say, when... Refs wanted us to lose. Yeah, when when Rich is saying that how they're playing dirty, and like I say, the optics don't lie. There's a lot no. of chippiness when you no. see the Chiefs playing. So that's why I say, this is something that came to light at the end and it caught him and really bit him badly because this was brilliant by Cincinnati to just waste the time and then kick that field goal at the end. I mean, that was how you, you recover from getting stopped at the oh, goal yeah. line. Except, like I say, the play call in there was just a little crazy. But I'm sure what they were thinking is we don't want to get Patrick Mahomes the ball back because oh, he, hell no. he was moving the ball pretty well with his wide receiving core. So there wasn't anything super, like, you know, insane about giving him the ball back. But I think what Cincinnati said is, no, we want to punch you in the mouth. We want to let you know we're the better team. That this whole facade that the Chiefs are your overall favorites and, oh, we're back, blah, 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 is garbage. Yeah. The Bengals are for real, and they're going to be a problem in the playoffs. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, the thing with the Chiefs going into the playoffs is you. I think you want to get them away from home field because this season at home they're 7-2. and two. Mm-hmm. On the road, 4-3. and three. Well, that's the thing. They always struggle on the road. Oh, yeah. At home, it's something about being there. They, they just turn it on, and they go up a notch. And this was a great win to lock in the AFC North. Uh-huh. Which is now going to be anybody's guess what's going to happen next week. With I mean, Joe Burrow – 
did look a little banged up yeah. from that game. I don't know if he's going to play a full game. I wouldn't if I was Cincinnati, but you know, who am I to say what they're going to wind up doing? And now it's just a matter of we got to finalize our seedings for the playoffs. Yeah, so I'm looking at the games next week. Uh, 4.30 Eastern on Saturday, uh, the Chiefs are playing the Broncos in Denver. That is going to be on ESPN. And then on Sunday at 1 o'clock, the Cincinnati Bengals are going to be playing the Cleveland Browns. Well, that could be interesting. So if there's any seeding issues that they're going to need to worry about, uh, Cincinnati is going to want to hang up a lot of points. But I could also see them just take the time. If you're not going to do anything to improve your status, sit your guys. Yeah. Like kind of have the idea when you're going into on Sunday because I know the Saturday slate – a games is going to kind of throw a little wrench in everybody's plans too. I think it's a, I think it's a case of you, the, it works out because you've got the one game on Saturday, so that way, who's to say? You know, they might have it decided by then and be like, all right, you know, hey, why don't we just sit our guys and take it and take it where we're going to get it? But it'll be interesting to see. It definitely will. So it's going to be something to see this team in the playoffs if they're all healthy. Cincinnati could be a sleeper team to really make a run in. Who called that at the beginning of the season? Well, we all said here the Bengals were healthy; they were going to make a run. Here we are. Uh-huh. But let us talk about my locking. Man, oh, man. You know, every time I try drinking that Dallas Kool-Aid, it comes back to haunt me. And then I just remember the crazy stat I heard that Kyler Murray has never lost in uh, Dallas Stadium. This is true. He went to he born and raised and lived in the Dallas area. He's played, what was it, like eight or nine games? Mm-hmm. Something like that. And in that stadium, he has never lost a game in that stadium. Albeit, though, they did get lucky. Yeah. They did get extremely lucky. A bad break for Dallas, though, as well. But, Pat, you got those numbers? Yeah, so uh, Arizona won by the final score of 25-22. to 22. Uh, Kyler Murray, 26 of 38 for 263 yards passing. Two touchdowns, no interceptions. Dak Prescott, 24 of 38 for uh, 226 yards passing. Three touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, Chase Edmonds was your leading rusher for Arizona, 18 for 53, no touchdowns. And then Christian Kirk was your leading receiver for Arizona, uh, 6 for 79, no touchdowns. Well, this game was very back and forth. Yeah. Really a fun game to watch. You say it was only 13-7 at halftime in favor of Arizona. Yeah. And Arizona came to play, which I, I remember saying last week, I thought they should sit Kyler Murphy was going to affect draft status, or I mean not draft status, playoff st- status. Yeah. They let him go. He did struggle a little bit, but once he got the ball going, he started moving the chains pretty well. Christian Kirk has now become his number one target. Yeah. Kind of surprised about that, but you know what? If you're producing, he'll get you the ball, and that's one thing that with this Dallas defense, I wasn't sure how he was going to be playing because, let's face it, he's not at 100%, but they did show up. Dak and company gave him a real run, albeit, though, they lost Michael Gallup for the year, torn ACL on the touchdown. Yeah. That was an awful break. So now Dallas was trying to come back. They were making a run. There was a play, but they ran out of timeouts. That was a kind of a questionable fumble recovery, but they they ruled it dead. So when those breaks happen, unfortunately, Arizona capitalized on them, if you're a Cowboys fan. And Arizona did what they should do is win. And this is a good win for them against a very, very tough playoff opponent. For Dallas – what can you say? There wasn't anything really too crazy to talk about here. They had their chances. 
They didn't get a chance to pull it off. No. They made a good run late, but at the end of the day, Arizona is one of those teams that when they're in the playoffs, they're going to be a tough matchup anywhere. No, yeah, and I think it came down to Arizona had Dallas figured out, you know, the Dallas became a little one-dimensional because you only had your leading rusher for Dallas was Dak Prescott himself, five carries, 20 yards, no touchdowns. Mm. You know, but uh, Zeke only got nine carries for 16. Tony Pollard got three for nine. So you had a total of 17 carries for 45 yards, you know, and they only averaged 2.6 yards of rush as a team. So when you look at numbers like that, it becomes pretty obvious what Dallas is going to do, and you can hone in on it. Yeah. So moving forward, Dallas, well, they're in the driver's seat for their division. There's no question about that, even though Philly locked up a playoff spot too, which that was kind of crazy. Yeah. But for them, it's just make sure everybody gets to the playoffs healthy. That's the only thing I think they should worry about now. And for Arizona, well, you know what you're getting out of Kyler Murray. This was a good win for him. Give him some confidence going in because they have struggled as of late, obviously without DeAndre Hopkins in the lineup. Finding the next go-to guy has been a challenge. Albeit, though, he spread the ball out very well in this game and definitely moved the chains. Yeah. So a lot of upside for Arizona, too, as well. So you almost want to say it's a win-win, per se. Yeah, so uh, this coming Sunday, uh, Arizona is at home against the Seattle Seahawks, uh, 425. That is on Sunday. Uh, And then the Dallas Cowboys are on Saturday uh, playing the Philadelphia Eagles at 815 on ESPN. So that could be an interesting game Uh for a lot of different reasons. (laughs) Oh, boy. Wait, I didn't even look. i got to look and see where that game is. Uh, talk without me. Oh, so this is going to be something. Dallas and Philly, every time they get together, it's never for the faint of heart. Uh, oh, fuck me. It's in Philly. Yeah. Oh, the, oh, no. Yeah, so I don't know if they're going to be so cordial about working together like they were in the draft. Oh, that just became must-watch TV. Yeah, that's going to get a little crazy at, at Philly Stadium there. So... Uh, we'll see if Philly Stadium holds up about as well as Washington's did. Yeah, that could be a lot of questionable because I'll tell you what, Philly in the playoffs now... That's a scary sight. Uh huh. Because if they get if they make a deep run, which I mean, Ed, listen, in the playoffs, anything is please, possible. Please no. Those fans are going to show up in droves, and a uh, Philly fan is definitely an interesting breed. Uh, this is true. To put it mildly, this is true. But that'll be some must-watch TV, though. But when we go around the league, I think there's one moment that's must-watch that we have to talk about. Pad, you got that game lined up? Yeah, so that would be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers against the New York Jets. Uh, Tom Brady making a return to the Meadowlands and the Jets, who he has won now 31 games, only lost eight of them against the New York Jets, uh, because they won uh, by the final score of 28-24. to uh, Tom Brady, 34-50 for 410 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. Zach Wilson, uh, 19 of 33 for 234, one touchdown, no interceptions. Uh, Got to know uh, Rob Gronkowski, hell of a game from him. Uh, seven catches, 115 yards, no touchdowns. Uh, but the moment everyone is talking about is, of course, Antonio Brown. And, of course, everyone, I think, has seen it at this point. But for those of you who haven't, uh, you know, there was a moment in the third quarter when, ironically, Tampa Bay was driving and had a third down going where Antonio Brown got into an argument on the sideline. You know, Mike Evans was talking to him, you know, a bunch of his teammates were talking to him and he then took off his Jersey with his pads still on, you know, still underneath the Jersey, took his undershirt off, threw that into the crowd, threw his gloves into the crowd, ran towards the end zone and ran through the end zone, you know, parallel with the end zone through it. Uh, facing the crowd, doing jumping jacks, you know, trying to pump the crowd up and this and that. And then he proceeded to exit through the tunnel into where the, presumably, because I'm not familiar with uh, the MetLife Stadium, where I presume the away team's locker room is. And to which everyone in the internet and watching the games went, what the fuck is happening? 
Uh, you then proceeded to see a alleged photo of him waiting for an Uber. Uh, it hasn't been confirmed if it's him, but looks a hell of a lot like him, you know, and then come to the end of the game where Brady, of course, makes the, the you know, 90, whatever the hell yard it was, no timeout game winning drive, you know, post game reporters want to ask about the game, but there's obviously the glaring elephant in the room with what's the status of Antonio Brown. Uh, head coach Bruce Arians has claimed, uh, he is no longer uh, a buck, you know, that they, they, he was implying that they cut him. According to Adam Schefter, they have not cut him that he, he's gone through Monday waiver wires, Tuesday waiver wires now, and he has not appeared on the waiver wire, uh, for the NFL. So according to Adam Schefter of ESPN, he is still on the payroll and on the roster of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you know, but so you've got the latest in a series of drama from one Antonio Brown. The only thing that comes remotely close to this uh-huh. is Vontae Davis quitting on the Bills at halftime. Yeah, that did happen. That is I the, forgot about that's that. That's the only thing that is remotely in the ballpark of this. Uh-huh. But where do you even begin here? Well, I mean, I won't go super in depth, but I'll run down a little list courtesy of the folks over at USA Today. Uh, December 2018, he when he was in Pittsburgh... He had an agreement with uh, Ben Roethlisberger. He sat uh, sat out practice for the Week 17 game. You know, uh, he didn't play, and he then forced his way out of Pittsburgh. You know, uh, then you had him force his way out of Pittsburgh in March of 2019, you know, where he was traded to the Oakland Raiders, you know, for a couple of draft picks. He signed a three-year, $5 million deal with the team. Uh, so then in so Mar- July of that same year, he was placed on the non-football injury list after suffering frostbite burns to his feet during a cryotherapy session. August of that same year, he had an issue with the NFL because they wanted him to wear a different helmet than what he was. Con- the helmet he was being he was used to wearing was being phased out. He took a gripe with it, you know, uh, and then, you know. Uh, what was it? September 2019. Uh, he went on a tirade uh, after the Raiders decided to fine him for unexcused absences. Uh, September 2019, he was cut by the Raiders. Uh, you know, after he was asked, after he asked for his release, uh, there was in September of 2019, uh, his former trainer alleged uh, in a f- uh, federal civil lawsuit, he was uh, he sexually assaulted her. Uh, Sports Illustrated reported on it throughout September. Uh, he was reported he was during that time was signed by the New England Patriots, mm-hmm. played all of one game, and then was cut. Uh, you know, he then was signed by the uh, well, he was suspended eight games uh, for multiple violations of the league's conduct policy by the NFL. Uh, the Buccaneers signed uh, Brown to a one-year deal in October of 2020. You know, there was the video of him throwing furniture out of his Miami condo down at the pool with a, with a teenager or a kid down at poolside. You know, he won a Super Bowl with the Brown with with, with the Browns. He won a Super Bowl with with the Bucs. They re-signed him to a one year uh, one year three point one million dollar deal with incentives built in. You know, then this of course, as we all know, in December he received a three game suspension for misrepresenting his vaccination status. You know, and then there's the issues uh, he had on Sunday. We also need to throw in here, too. Oh, there was also the time he went on Facebook Live in the locker room when Mike Tomlin was giving his postgame speech. Right, but this is all after a game that I you have to mention, this is kind of when the turning point was of you're hearing a lot of these instances going yeah. on with Antonio Brown. Yeah. 
And that is the wild card game with Cincinnati in 2016. Something like that, yeah. Where Vontez Burfett yeah. just knocked him out cold. Yeah. In my opinion, he's never been right since. I mean, that uh, you can certainly look to that and say that might be the, that might be one of the factoring issues. But I think, you know, obviously he needs you know some sort of help and assistance because this is not the conduct and in the way a person, any average person, acts. I I think he's got something going on. What it is, I'm not going to sit here and speculate. I'm not a medical doctor. I'm not a therapist. I'm you know I don't know any psychology or anything like that. I'm just looking at it and going. This isn't how anybody I've ever interacted with or dealt with in my life has acted. Something is not right here. You know, he very he very clearly needs help, but the issue you run into there is he needs to want it. Yeah. You know, whether it's something from his past, it's it's just all adding up. I don't know, but it it's cause for concern. And I think he's ultimately he's done playing in the NFL for the time being, you know, un- until I don't want to say ever, because ultimately when you get guys of his talent and of his caliber, they'll find a way back to the NFL, no matter what, you know, but until such a time as he can prove that he's, you know, gotten whatever is going on, hopefully solved, hopefully fixed. You know, I don't think any team will sign him because the thing that really scares me you know, and, and I'm afraid of seeing is the next headline we'll see about Antonio Brown isn't, hey, look, he was courtside at the Nets game, or hey, look, he was out spotted with, you know, in the recording studio putting out a, a rap single. The the thing that scares me is the next headline we'll see is about him being found dead. I agree with you, Pat. Sadly, I agree with you. And this is just something I always say, like, and I'm not trying to be a doctor or try diagnosing him either. Yeah. I want to stress that too. But it's ever since that Burfitt hit, he has yeah. he has not been right. Yeah, and I and I'm like I said, I'm not saying one caused the other, but if you just notice since we've seen him since he is a public figure, since that hit, there's been a new these just very unbalanced behaviors from yeah. him that you touched upon. I mean, obviously going Facebook Live in the middle of the locker room and all the trials and tribulations he had to Pittsburgh to getting out, and then when the drama in Vegas, and then. Him getting cut by the Patriots to Tom Brady taking him under his wing. Three times. Yeah. And trying to help him. And then you get to Sunday. And then for whatever reason goes off in his head to do that. To literally say, I'm out. There's something not working right there. And and I really do think he's done playing like... Oh, he's done. He he hasn't been cut, but I don't think we'll see him in a, in the league ever again. Simply because you look at the you know between the Pittsburgh Steelers who have won six Super Bowls, you know you've got the Las Vegas Raiders who have won three Super Bowls, four if you count the AFL championships before the merger. Sure. Four, so already there were at ten, and then you've got the Patriots who've won uh, six themselves. So there's sixteen. And you've got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who've won two, so there's 18. You've had him. You've had four teams with 18 championships. You know, with the exception of Tampa Bay, because you know they haven't been around as long. You know, three of them are some of the most storied franchises in the entire NFL. Don't want to deal with him. Pittsburgh traded him. The Raiders outright cut him. I don't even think he played a down for them. No. The Patriots he played a single game for. Brady vouch, Brady vouched for him three separate occasions. The first one when he w- came to New England, the second time when he came back, uh, and and he played with Tom in Tampa Bay, and then in the off season when he came back, 
Brady is, you know, arguably the greatest of all time, has vouched for him three times. And Brady's, you know, according to what the stories have said, told Bruce Arians, don't worry, I'll take care of him. I'll keep him in control. I'll get him going. And it, and it, Brady couldn't even control him. No, he definitely couldn't. I mean, this is just a sad case that you have all the talent in the world, and yet there's something going on. I mean, this is perception is reality. This yeah. is our opinion. Yeah, and and I, and I know the story is going around that oh, it was they benched him because of incentives, or he was he was going to potentially get a mil, a million dollars in incentives if if he met you know it was like one more touchdown catch. Eight more receptions and then like eighty-five more receiving yards. All they bench with that. No, I don't see the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers operating in that manner and in that you know status. Because let's face it, Brady he was close to incentives last season, and Brady started throwing him the ball like it was going out of style. And then you look at a couple weeks ago when he came back after his three-game suspension and he caught 11 balls for 100 and whatever yards. Like, you cannot tell me that they the incentives was part of it. There's a lot of other rumors and hearsay, but until we hear from both sides, and even then I wouldn't believe it, we'll never know the full story. We're never going to know the full story. And I don't believe the thing about the incentive. They're giving Tom Brady no. $52 million or something for two oh, years. Yeah, so, yeah. like, stop. They're not worried about money, and then why would you tick off your star quarterback by taking money away from his you friend, know, why would yeah? Why would you bite the hand that fed you? Exactly. The whole, like, the whole reason Tampa Bay is in the position they are in is because of Tom Brady. Yeah, and this could, and like I say, this could be something that, and we're only speculating. Yeah, we don't yeah. know. I want to stress that point. He might not have liked the attention was going away from him and him being could the be. third, fourth option. I mean, could sometimes be. that is a tough pill to swallow if you are. Always thinking of yourself as the best in the league, and for a for a time period, oh, he absolutely, was. absolutely, he was. But that fall from grace on the field, we're excluding everything outside. It's an ESPN thirty for thirty waiting to happen, right? But to see, like, listen, the fact that he barely got on this team, uh-huh. Tom Brady has bent over backwards to get him a spot in and an opportunity, three separate occasions, right? That speaks volumes, yeah. Because if you were really the hottest name in free agency. Oh, you wouldn't be having to have somebody beg for your job. If you were, yeah, and you know, if you're the hottest name in free agency, you wouldn't have had to have gone back to the team you just won a Super Bowl with for less money. Yeah, so you can't sit there and and use that claim like that's not going to fly. Yeah, and and I know that you know he's saying that he was hurt and didn't want to go back in the game. Mm, sorry, dude, you looked pretty. Your ankle that allegedly was the reason you didn't want to play. Looked pretty good when you were dancing through the end zone at the end of the exactly day, uh, when you left. Exactly, the perception is reality, and what we're perceiving in our opinions is you need some help. You need somebody to really look out for you and have a serious talk yeah. about the direction you're going in, because all you're doing is burning bridges that have no chance of getting rebuilt. Yeah, it, it, him and the whole ankle thing reminded me a lot of a guy I worked with one time where he was complaining about, ironically, his ankle, his right ankle hurting. And he's like, oh, can I go home? You know, I, my ankle's really bothering me. I, it hurts to stand on it. And, I, and me and a coworker were like, yeah, go ahead. You know, because ultimately we weren't going to lose anything by letting him go home. Mm-hmm. And he went walking away from where we were working, and I was standing there with the coworker, and I go, what leg did he complain the you know he was really bothering him when he was talking to us and my coworker told me oh his right leg he was limping on his left yeah it, it you know when you complain oh my ankle I didn't want to go in the game I, I really didn't want to play but they made me play 
And then you go dancing through the end zone, jumping up and down and hyping up the crowd like it's, you know, March Madness or some nonsense. Sorry, optics don't look good. Well, that's the whole problem you have. The perception is reality of being a public figure and the actions that you're doing. If I am an owner of a team, I am going nowhere near you. Oh, hell no. And the fact that the Bucks gave you as many chances as they did, I applaud them for trying. But let's face it, at this stage of the career, it's done. And, and you worked with Christ. Tomlin needs all the goddamn praise he can get now oh, facts. for dealing with this for as many years and as bad Him, as him. Le'Veon Pell. You know, for much of Tomlin dealt with over the years, the fact that, you know, he kept the team together and guys didn't start leaving in, in uh, mass exodus. You know, but the fact that he played for two of the greatest coaches of all time in in Mike Tomlin and and uh Bill Belichick they didn't want to deal with him the fact that you had the greatest of all time quarterback in Tom Brady and he couldn't rein him in there's no way anyone goes near this guy no it's done he's going to be boxing Jake Paul probably that's the only thing he has in his future is reality show hijinks and really bad you know uh yeah. survivor type shows yeah like I'm sorry, yeah. that's all there is to it. You know, the however you want to break it down, that is his future. Some somebody on television will give him an opportunity with with like oh, a yeah. with like a reality deal type of thing. But like in terms of playing on the field again, I I just don't see it. At this stage in the game, I'm sorry, he's not a number one. He's not a number two. He's barely a number three. Yeah. But do you want to deal with that headache? Hell no. Unfortunately, that's what he's done. If if I'm a player for a team, let's and and I know the and I think part of the reason is that you know, they haven't released him yet, is I think on some level there might be a team who, like, is down a receiver in the playoffs, just needs that one last push that would sign him. So I think that's part of the reason why they haven't let him go yet is they don't want it to burn him in the ass in the end. But even still, if it's the off season and I'm on one of the other, you know, however many teams minus the Patriots, Raiders, and now Buccaneers, you know, that and Steelers, that, like, needs a receiver – and are looking at guys, I would call my front office and I'd call my head coach and I'd call my owner and my general manager and say, don't answer the phone from this guy. Whoever, what was his agent? Drew Rosenhaus probably. You know, mm. don't answer the goddamn phone from whoever his agent is. Don't answer the phone from I as a player would not want this in my locker room because I would rather get up to the podium and talk about a loss or a win or what we could have done better or what we could have improved upon than what the hell. Because that that's ultimately what, the end of the game and what the press conferences should have been, you know, and I realize I'm saying this as a Patriots fan, but you got to look at that end end game drive with Brady, no goddamn timeouts, 90, whatever yards, you know, to a guy in, in to a, through the go ahead, touchdown pass to a guy that didn't play college ball because he was a track star. Yeah. That should be the story that a guy caught a game winning touchdown pass from Tom Brady at the end of the season when he didn't play college football, but instead, it's about a prima donna who decided to make an ass of himself. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the narrative. And it's sad because we should be talking about the Jets almost pulled off the miracle of the season. Yeah. Choked on it on the fourth down that they tried going for it and gave Tom Brady way too much time and Tom Brady Tom Brady things. No, we're talking about a player that really was all about himself for whatever reason and now is just drawing all that attention to him away from the team Everybody is now seeing that he needs, in my opinion, he needs somebody to sit him down and get him some help because this kind of erratic behavior is frightening. Yeah. And the fact that, yeah, if he wants to joke and leave, that's one thing, but this has now been a pattern of events. Uh-huh. It's one thing to do at one time and be a fluke. Yep. 
we have now seen a repetitive pattern mm-hmm. of behavior like this. Yeah. Somebody has really got to do something and try getting him some help, and, in and my opinion. He, he really does need help, whatever it ends up being. But like I said, ultimately, he has to need, want that help. You can't force it on him. And like I said, I truly fear that the next headline we see won't be him at a Lakers game or at a Knicks game or whatever game. It's going to be him being found dead in his house. Yeah. I, 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 and I don't want to see that. I, I don't want to see that either. I'm hoping somebody really does give him some help because he desperately needs some. Whew. Well, let's get uh, out of this in a, in a better place. We'll just kind of go and give a quick lap around the league. Uh, Buffalo solidified their playoff spot, defeating Atlanta 29-15. to Josh Allen stopped throwing the ball and ran the ball. And guess what? Good things happened. And we actually had our first 100-yard rusher pad. Hey! So I know you're happy about that with Devin Singletary. So the Bills have clinched their spot. They now have the Jets coming up this week. If the Bills win, they will win the AFC East. If they lose... Well, it depends on what the Patriots do, too. I'm not going to lie. If Atlanta pulled this off, I probably would have held off on saying anything bad about them for six months. Yes, but who is Atlanta? What is Atlanta? Atlanta's going home, and they got a lot of work to do. Yes, they do. Chicago! Those Bears. Duh, Bears. Defeated those New York football giants 29-3. It's always a bad omen when the first play of the game is a defensive uh, recovery, almost for a touchdown. Hey, shout out to everyone listening to this podcast. You had more passing yards than the New York Giants. Yes. So, uh, Giants fans, how are you guys feeling today? Uh, for those of you who don't know, the Giants as a team had negative 10 passing yards. Yeah. We're just going to leave that stat alone. Las Vegas pulled off a big win to keep their playoff hopes alive, defeating those Indianapolis Colts 23-20. Raiders heard, must have heard the stat about Jonathan Taylor rushing 100 yards and winning and not cared because Jonathan Taylor, 108 yards running, but they lost the game. The Raiders, when they're hot, they're hot. And that's the one thing that teams are going to have to worry about if they get in the playoffs because obviously Sunday night football has become that much more serious. They have a date with the Chargers. Winner goes in. That game got flexed, yeah. Unless there's some wild scenario, which I read, if somehow Indianapolis loses to Jacksonville next week. Which would be wild. I mean, but the thing is Jacksonville has had their number over the years. Like, it's a weird matchup. I know it's division, and that's why I say it. But still, with as bad as Jacksonville is, there is still a chance. Sure. If Indy loses and somehow, someway, the Raiders and Chargers tie, they both get into the playoffs. Oh, my Lord. It's some kind of weird thing I was reading online. So I don't I, I don't necessarily buy it's going to happen, so I'm just going to kind of throw that karma out the window. But I like the Raiders in this one because I don't trust the Chargers in a big game as far as I can throw them. Regular season is one thing when it doesn't matter. They put up a lot of points. But, however, when we talk playoffs, ah, it's a different story. I, I found an image on Twitter of uh, AFC playoff scenarios, which I'm showing Ken is fucking massive. Oh, Jesus. Uh, there are, like, 14 different scenarios where the Patriots could end up as the number one seeds. Yeah. <laughs> what the shit? This is insane. There's a lot of Steiner math involved there. Yeah, there is. Tennessee. Oh, here we go. Locked up the AFC South by defeating... The threat known as the Miami Dolphins. Listen, I've been saying it for a long time on here that the Dolphins were pretenders. And my God, did it get shown here. This was absolutely shown. Two, a 205, one interception. Not bad. And one really bad meme that went around. Yeah. Which I'm not going to fault him on because that yeah. was the best of us. Yeah. But Duke Johnson, 49 yards. Mike Gillespie, 51 yards receiving. 
Hey, shout, shout out uh, Deonta uh, Foreman from Tennessee, 22-6 for 132 yards rushing, one touchdown. Damn. And, they, you know, this is about Derrick Henry. The Titans are the playoff contenders, we thought, but they obviously took Miami out of the equation. As I said, when you have a playoff-worthy team that they're going up to face, all this win streak nonsense is out the window. Yeah. And I'm sorry. Who was right? Miami is not that team. They beat a soft schedule to get on a roll, but now they had to face playoff-worthy teams. Playoffs, and they're not—they're done. I mean, they have like less than one percent chance to get in, or something like that. Yeah, it's it, something. Like they that, need yeah. like a weird fluke, like five teams lose, a coin is flipped. Yeah, you know, so I'm, I'm a scan- riddle is solved. I'm, I'm something scanning like that. said image. I actually don't think there's any way for them to get. Yeah, it. they're. I mean, they're done. But that was the whole thing about them. Is like they got hot against weak teams, and they snuck some wins out they shouldn't have. Congratulations, guys! You get a participation trophy, but that's all you're getting because you're not that team. You're not that good. The litmus test shows, and I'm sorry. This is why I'm already saying New England is going to win by 10 next week over you. Oh, no, yeah, Miami's eliminated, so, yeah, they can't get it. Yeah. I mean, the only thing Miami can do is try playing spoiler, but it's not going to matter. Yeah, no. But it's a wrap for them. And this is what I said. When they face real competition, they're going to get exposed. 34-3 to is an exposure. Enough said. Enjoy the offseason, guys. Let me know how it is. Philadelphia defeated the Washington, soon-to-be-renamed football team, 20-16. to uh, the only real highlight from that is the stadium pad. Uh, yeah. Uh, what was it? Jalen Hurts went to leave the game. Bunch of Phillies fans near the uh, exit where he was heading towards the locker room. And then the railing on the side of the stadium decided to give way. Yikes. Yeah, a little scary situation there, but luckily everything was uh, very good at the end. And uh, Jalen Hurts was taking selfies with everybody. So yeah. yeah. Kudos to him about yeah. that. Uh, those Los Angeles Rams defeated the Baltimore Ravens 20-19. to The Chargers. Defeated Denver 34 to 13. San Francisco, with Trey Lance at the helm. Yeah. Defeated Houston 23 to 7. Gotta be confidence building for Trey Lance. Good it's for got, him. It's gotta help him. New Orleans defeated Carolina 18 to 10. Seattle. Shout out to the dog. Holy fuck. Because you remember we were out with him and yeah. he was worried about his fantasy team. And I said, Don't worry. I said, listen, just let Richard Penny do what he does. Uh 25 carries, 170 yards, and two touchdowns. Yep. God damn. Even though they let Detroit put up 29 on him. Yeah. It's still a win is a win. And anytime you see a 50 on the scoreboard, that's usually a good sign. Aaron Rodgers doing Aaron Rodgers things. 37 to 10. Being the only team to lock up their playoff seating, they have got the number one seed locked up through the playoffs, so I'm willing to bet he sits next week. Yeah, he's going to say, you're going to see a lot of Jordan Love. And rightfully so. Like, listen, if this is going to be his swan song in Green Bay for whatever reason, he's doing the things the right way, he's trying to get them a chip. I don't know what he's doing. I heard some talk that he's saying about retiring now. Yeah, he did mention that. So who knows where we're going to get out of him next yeah. season, if we're going to see him next season. I was like, I would not supr- it would not surprise me to see him stay in the a- NFC North because, hey, let's face it, he owns every team in that division. Yeah, but like I said, he might wind up in Pittsburgh. Yeah. I, could, I could see that happening. Yeah, and then uh, I got the uh, bracket, I guess you could say, for the NFL playoffs pulled up courtesy of the folks over at FanDuel. Uh, we'll start with the uh, NFC. Uh, the Green Bay Packers are the number one seed and have the bye. Currently, you have the number four Dallas Cowboys facing off against the Arizona, number five Arizona Cardinals. The number three Tampa Bay Buccaneers facing off against the number six San Francisco 49ers. And then the uh, number two LA, Char- uh, LA Chargers, LA Rams facing off against the number seven Philadelphia Eagles. 
Eagles. Hmm. Now, mind you, these are all as we record. So this right. is, is going to change about 900 times come Saturday and Sunday. Uh, and then on the NF- AFC side, you've got the number one Tennessee Titans uh, on the on the bye. You've got the number two uh, Kansas City Chiefs facing off against the uh, number seven LA Chargers. The number three Cincinnati Bengals against the number six Indianapolis Colts. And the number four Buffalo Bills against the number five New England Patriots. We all know that's coming. <laughs> At some point in this playoffs, yes. Yeah, we all we all know that that's coming. I'm it's hoping. not a question of if, it's a question of when. Yeah, such good football to talk about going into the final week of the season. How insane this week was. So definitely hit us up on that hashtag, hashtag ODPHpod. What is your takeaways from week 17 of the NFL? We definitely want to have that conversation with you. So hit us up on the social media accounts and let's chat, shall we? We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Hey there, I'm Chris from the Geek P Podcast here with my two co-hosts, Trent. What up? And Brandon. Yo, yo. Here at the Geek Peak, we strive to provide you the best content from all across the pop culture multiverse. Think of us as your content concierge, seeking out all the best movies, TV, games, and music to save your valuable time. We have a different adult beverage every week, and we like to keep things light and fresh, so come hang out with us. So check us out on all your favorite podcasting platforms. That's Geek Peak. Like a mountain! And check out our site at geekpeakpod.com. Coming back for another segment on this edition of the ODPH Podcast. Time to talk some wrestling. Wrestling. So this past weekend was a busy one in the land of pro wrestling. We talked about it on Blogs Count Anywhere, so definitely check that blog out at odphpodcast.com. And also the newest episode of 607TWS, which is on every single podcast platform you could think of. But leading the charge into the new year, day one by the WWE. Literally on the first day of 2022. Yes, so this one was a very interesting pay-per-view. We didn't expect a lot from it. No. And some things surprised, some things didn't. So, Pat, let's go talk about it, shall we? Yeah, so the first card or first match you had uh, took place on the pre-show was between Ridge Holland and Sheamus uh, against Cesaro and Ricochet. Uh, And you had Ridge Holland and Sheamus and Ridge Victorious uh, pinning the other team in 9 minutes and 49 seconds, of course. The moment everyone talking about is Ridge Holland getting his nose legitimately broken. Yeah. Uh, what was it? Ricochet went to go do a move, stomped on it, and then his shin laid into it. So that knocked him out for the match. Go look up the photo. It's it's not nasty. It's not gnarly. But it's like, oh, yikes. You know, so that made things a little interesting. But okay match. Very okay match. Nothing really right home about. Yeah. It was a solid opener, and that's what you want for those pre-shows. Yeah. Uh, but then the card opened up with uh, the SmackDown Tag Team Championship matchup where the Usos defeated uh, the New Day to retain their Tag Team Championship in what I'm going to call like a 9,000-star match. Yeah, I mean, you know when you get these four guys together, you know what you're getting. Yeah, so, forever. Yeah, exactly. So this was a solid match. Yeah, Nothing really right home about, but it's solid work, so it's yeah. definitely entertaining. Uh, and then next up you had the singles matchup between Madcap Moss and Drew McIntyre, where Drew McIntyre pinned Madcap Moss in 9 minutes and 50 seconds. Well, they're high on Happy Corbin, so they must be given another look at Madcap Moss. Yeah. And this match, uh, it's just something to give Drew something. Yeah. It's obviously to keep some time busy yeah. till they decide what they're going to do with the mania. Uh, the only thing that I heard about this, though, is Drew has a neck issue he's working through. Yeah, I heard the same thing, that he might be off TV for a little bit. You know, not that it's like anything super serious, just his neck has been bothering him, you know, for a while, so get that fixed up. But, you know, I, the match length, 9 minutes and 50 seconds, is definitely surprising, but I think it's just a case of like, hey, we already know people love Drew McIntyre. 
we got to give another guy a little feature, so why don't we have Drew in an extended match with Madcap to kind of, like, feature Madcap a little bit. Yeah, so, I mean, nothing really super crazy about this is my break match. Yeah. So. Yeah, uh, next up was the matchup for the Raw Tag Team Championships where you had uh, Randy Orton and Riddle uh, defeat the Street Profits in Angelo Dawkins and Montez Ford in 11 minutes and uh, 22 seconds. Not a bad match. It was okay. Not a bad match. The Migos came out with yeah, RKO, did. so that was kind of cool to see. And, I mean, it was it pretty standard work what they're doing. I mean, they're teasing the, the breakup between RKO, yeah, yeah. which I'm happy about because, God, I, I, Riddle and him together just drive me nuts. I don't know why. Yeah, I mean, backstage moments, backstage segments, they get a little chuckle out of me. Riddle, I saw a clip, almost got uh, Randy to laugh last night, which was pretty cool. Yeah. But, like, it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah, like I say, it was, it was what it was. Nothing really super crazy to write home about. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah. standard work for him. Like we said, we weren't expecting a lot of title changes going on here. I was expecting no. one didn't get that, but we'll get into that a little later in this segment. Here. Yeah. Uh, next up was the singles matchup between edge and the Miz where, uh, edge pin Miz in, uh, 20 minutes and five seconds. Kind of ha- figured this might happen. Yeah. Beth Phoenix came out. Yeah, she did. So now it's signed for the Royal Rumble. Royal it's Rumble. Miz and Maurice versus Beth Phoenix and edge. I had the matchup, right? the pay-per-view wrong yeah but it's still gonna be an interesting one to see so this definitely is continuing their feud i don't mind this feud at no. all like i really don't i no. think that this one's got a high up ceiling so i'm excited to see where they can go with this i mean obviously the miz is always on point and so is edge at this stage of the game and he's being very choosy about who he's working with which i like if edge does his brood entrance which he seems to be doing his brood entrance at the pay-per-views which i'm all right with that theme song is still amazing uh, if Edge does his brood entrance with Beth Phoenix, I'm going to lose it and mark out. I, he should. I mean, if you're going to do it, do it upright. Like, that's yeah. that's the big thing with that. So, yeah. not too super surprised if we see this happen, though. No. Uh, next up was the uh, matchup for the Raw Women's Championship where you had Becky Lynch taking on Liv Morgan. Uh, and Becky Lynch emerged victorious, pinning Liv Morgan in 17 minutes and 53 seconds. Okay, did not like this. No. Uh, match was okay. You know, Liv featured some new moves, at least moves that I hadn't seen before, which was really awesome to see. Uh, but you missed the opportunity to give her the belt. That, like, listen, I realize Becky's on this streak of, like, ever since she won whatever belt, she hasn't lost it. You know, it's only ever been taken off of her because she, you know, vacated it because she was pregnant. You know, but she's already established. You you don't need much to, like, prove that she's the top women, one of the top female wrestlers uh, in this company. Like, you need other ones to go with it, you know, because let's face it, Charlotte, Becky, Sasha, you know, and Bailey aren't going to be around forever. Mm-hmm. You, you need, like I said last week, you need other talent to step up and give the limelight and give the shine to, to not go through a lull and go through a down period with your women's division. And and it was a missed opportunity to not give Liv the belt. Liv have, has been so improved over the past year. Oh my, oh my God, yeah. That this was the time to do it. And especially you teased the ending too when you had Becky cheat to win the last time they rose. Uh-huh. Now is the time to do it. Even if you gave it to her for a month and you did the rematch at Royal Rumble and she didn't pull it off. Sure. Now the question becomes... What do you do with Liv, and what do you do with Becky? Liv, I don't know. I think she's good as gone as soon as that contract's done because you didn't make her champion. She's really been one of your stronger characters on the shows. Mm-hmm. You can try moving her to the, the other brand, but I yeah. think you're going to have the same problem there. I mean, the only thing I can think is that, you know, have her win the Rumble, have her get screwed out of that, kind of like a Daniel Bryan type scenario, but like not without the having to go through gauntlet on the night of Mania to get to Becky. Uh, and, you know, have her win the Rumble, 
whatever reason she loses the opportunity for the main event, but then or, but then win it back somehow. You know, it's like she ended up end up being in a triple threat and then win the triple threat at Mania. I mean, that would be something to do, but I think all signs point to Becky against uh, Bianca Belair. Could be. And I think Bianca is going to win the Rumble, and that's how we do that match. Which I get. I'm not mad about that match. But what I think is the right play WWE should have done is let Liv have a chance running with the belt. Yeah. See which, see how the crowd reacts. I think they would definitely got behind it. It was one of those organic moments that I think they should have hit, but they didn't. So yeah. now is the question of what happens. And I honestly think Liv is gone as soon as that contract's up. Because could be really. I mean, this was the strongest push she's had in, since she's been on the main roster. Could be. Uh, and the next up ended up being your main event because, as we found out on the night of, Roman Reigns had tested positive for COVID-19, uh, so he would be out for the day one pay-per-view. So that that meant that he is not vacating the belt, uh, and that meant that Brock Lesnar was added to the fatal four-way, which now made it a fatal five-way for the WWE Championship, which originally saw Big E defending his belt against Bobby Lashley, Kevin Owens, and Seth Rollins, which now added Brock Lesnar. I saw that and went... Holy fuck, that's going to be a good match. Uh, and you had Brock Lesnar emerge victorious, pinning, uh, I forget who ended up being the pin, doesn't matter. Uh, ended up winning in 8 minutes and 20 seconds. Uh, match, in my opinion, a little short. Could have been maybe about 5 minutes longer because it just kind of ended. And I was like, oh, shit. You know, wasn't without some good spots. You know, Lashley spearing Lesnar through the timekeeper's area was fucking insane. Mm. Rollins and Owens running roughshod over the other competitors and just kind of running things for a minute was fun to watch. Yeah. You know, match was good, but the ending, a little surprising to say the least. The ending was surprising. I thought it would have been cool to have Biggie win and just retain. But I also have a theory of what's going to happen here. Sure. I mean, well, we did get confirmation Lesnar is going to be facing Bobby Lashley at the Royal Rumble, which yeah. I thought they were going to do at Mania, which well, I would have gone well, completely yeah, crazy so about. so they had a fatal four-way match uh, on this past Monday, you know, the, so two nights after day one, where it was the original four competitors for the opportunity to face Brock at the Rumble, and Lashley won that. Yeah. So that is a one direction I think they're going to go in, and definitely wouldn't mind seeing a program lead up to Mania between yeah. those two. Yeah, so they've never faced each other in singles competition. But now I'm also thinking with Big E, what do you do with him? I have him winning the Rumble and challenging Roman. See, I, I don't know, because he had a 110-day, I believe was what I read, title reign length, and he ended up losing Matt. Now, he didn't lose the belt, but he ended up losing, like, eight matches Yeah, you know, where he was featured along that way. So, like... I mean, I could see it, but I I just don't know at this point. I you know the Brock winning the belt thing is very surprising. Wouldn't surprise me if they unify the belts in some way. Yeah, that'd be something too. You know, because that that when Brock won the belt, I was like, shit, this is now interesting. You know, he was being featured on. He's a quote unquote free agent. He can go where he's like that John Cena status where he can go wherever the hell he wants. Mm. You know, I my first thought was, oh, they they gave Brock the belt to boost ratings on Raw a little bit. You know, but then it occurred to me, like, oh, that could be the case. You know, I've heard rumor is he doesn't like working Fridays. Yeah. You know, so I was like, okay, that makes a little bit of sense. You know, but I, the, the, then the next thought I have is maybe to bet title belt unification. You know, have them float between both shows. And, you know, I, I know that takes away the Survivor Series champion versus champion. Yeah, who cares, though? Champion versus champion matchup. But you could just make it a triple threat. One competitor from Raw, one competitor from SmackDown, winner gets the belt. It's one way to look at it. So, I mean, I would not object to it. I think no. it's long overdue, but it also depends on what WWE is really feeling about this. Yeah. I think, obviously, with Roman unfortunately having to bow up because of COVID, yeah. 
this definitely threw a, a wrench in their plans, but I think they can definitely rebound quick with a storyline. Like yeah. the Royal Rumble solves a lot of issues. Yeah, and, and now uh, after this past this most recent Monday, you've got Brock Hame or Brock Lesnar reuniting with Paul Heyman. They're working back together, and Paul Heyman with the shot of all shots at Roman during mm-hmm. the show, where he's where somebody was like chant somebody chanted something to Heyman, and he, and he heard it, and of course Heyman never missing an opportunity said. Listen, Roman without me, look what happened for one week. He's got co- he's got COVID. That was brutal. You know, but the Rumble slowly taking shape. Of course, we do have the two uh, traditional Royal Rumble matches, both the men and the women. So, as you mentioned, you've got Edge and Beth Phoenix taking on Miz and Maurice. You've got Brock Lesnar and Paul uh, Bobby Lashley taking uh, facing off against each other. Uh, you've also got a match yet to be determined. Uh, you know, where you got Becky Lynch, uh, and this is according to the Wikipedia page, versus Liv Morgan, Dewdrop, or Bianca Belair. So that matchup is still going to be figured out. Yeah. It should be an interesting road to the Royal Rumble. I'm actually yeah, excited yeah. from the card we're seeing. So yeah. definitely have to check that out. And we do have some early uh, entrance uh, for the Royal Rumble. You've got uh, the Street Profits, Angelo Dawkins, Montez Ford uh, have announced their uh, candidacy for the Royal Rumble. The Mysterios and Ray and Dominic Mysterio. Austin Theory was inserted into the Royal Rumble courtesy of one Vincent Kennedy McMahon mm. because of what he did to Finn Balor. And the most puzzling announcement for the Royal Rumble, and I don't know why other than promotion for his upcoming movie, Johnny Knoxville uh, announced in a pre-recorded video that they played during the day one uh, pay-per-view, announced his candidacy and his, uh, you know, willingness to enter the Royal Rumble. So that'll be a thing. That's going to be something weird. What are the odds that, like, Lesnar or somebody, like, just F5s him? Like oh, I'd he, love to see it. He's going to do something weird because it's Johnny Knoxville and it's jackass. But, like, I, it's interesting. 2022, it, all, already weird. Yeah, it's it's so weird right now to figure out what WWE is doing. But the road to the Royal Rumble should be interesting nevertheless. Oh, yeah. However, though, we got to flip it to AEW quickly because they're kicking off the new year by moving networks. Yeah. So AEW Dynamite will no longer be on the TNT network. Uh-huh. It's going to TBS, home of the old WCW Saturday night and long mainstay for WCW. Uh, so they're definitely kicking off Dynamite in style. They have a very stacked card for this week. Pad, you got that lined up in front? Yeah, so uh, the matchup's announced. We have MJF taking on someone. It's not announced yet. Uh, Malachi Black versus the Brian Pillman Jr. Jade Cargill versus Ruby Soho in the TBS title tournament finale. Uh, the Lucha Bros taking on the Jurassic Express for the AEW Tag Team Titles. And then you've got Hangman Adam Page taking on Brian Danielson for the second time for the AEW World Title. So this is kind of interesting because they're doing three title matches on Dynamite, yet Saturday is supposed to be a special event on TNT, Battle for the Belts. Yeah. Which they've already announced uh, Cody Rhodes against Sammy Guevara for the TNT title. Riho versus Britt Baker for that the women's title. That should be good. That should be a good one. But it's kind of interesting what they're going to do here, and I'm kind of fearing a couple things. Uh huh. One, I think for Dynamite, they have implemented they're going to have judges because of the time limit draw. <laughs> and I fully see this going to another draw, oh, which if God. it does, I'm going to erupt on Twitter. Oh, my God. It's going to. It's going to happen because they're going to try doing the rematch either on the battle for the belts yeah. or they're going to hold off till revolution. No, they're, no, they're going to hold off till revolution. They want to milk this shit for all it's worth. Oh, which it's frustrating because you have Adam page, your homegrown superstar, the AEW faithful are behind him a thousand percent. And yet you're giving him an awful title reign in my opinion to start out with because mm-hmm. he hasn't defended the belt yet, except against Danielson once. And it went to a time limit draw after an hour, which is not what you do for the first title defense. No, absolutely not. So I'm not happy about that. 
and I f- I'm fearful for this match because there's going to be a lot of eyes on this, especially with your two other title matches. I mean, TN, the TN, or TBS World uh, Ch- Women's Championship is going to be a great match. Oh, yeah. I'm excited about Ruby and Jade winning. Honestly, I'm thinking it's going to be Ruby, but you never know. Yeah, you know, you don't. Anything's kind of possible there. Uh, it just depends on really fast. They want to push Jade Cargo, who I think has one of the brightest futures in the business. I just don't know if you want to give her a belt this quickly, but then again, I don't write those uh, you know booking storylines, so we'll kind of wait to see. I think though they could definitely build off this feud and definitely go some places with it, so I'm excited to see that. And as for the tag team titles, look, I like Lucha Brothers. I think they're probably the best tag team in the planet right now. However, though, how many times has Jurassic Express your number one contenders? Like for the last nine months. Yeah. You have a plethora of teams ready to take the spot away from them. I think this is going to be Lucha's all day unless you give the belts to Jurassic, but then again, you're in the same problem you've always had. These guys are always the bridesmaid. They're never the bride. So what do you do here? So I think the Luchas are probably going to retain, but then give me another team that they could face. Either give me another round with FTR, even though I yeah. think we've already had that, and I think that's done yeah. for now. Yeah. Santana and Ortiz, I think, have been long overlooked. Yeah, yeah that'd so be I'd, good. I'd love to see them. Private Party is actually starting to get pushed a little bit. Remember when they beat the Young Bucks on Dynamite way back when in the first show? Pepperidge Farm remembers. Yep. You have teams there that can definitely make some noise, so let them make noise and go from there. MJF, who knows what that's going to be. That I'm not even going to try speculating who's going to fight. I think that'll be kind of a throwaway segment. And we'll get him and CM Punk to probably do some verbal micage. So, I mean, that'll be fun for there. And then we go on to this weekend of AEW action. So it should be kind of interesting what's going on there. And if you wanted to hear our takes about Tony Khan's tweet, which made some noise around the internet, <laughs> 607 TWS. I'll just sum it up there because I don't want to give it any more time of day than it deserves. Other than to say that I fully support Big Swole and what she said. You can quote me on that. A lot of pro wrestling action to be going on, Pad. So definitely make sure we tell everybody to hit us up on that hashtag. Hashtag ODPHPod. What is your thoughts about WWE Day 1 and what's fallen out from that? What is your thoughts about AEW moving to TBS? Are you excited or are you not? And what's your thoughts on the card? And definitely make sure you check out Blogs Count Anywhere, the complimentary blog to our pro wrestling segment here on the ODPH, and 607TWS, which you can join us every Monday night on Twitch, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. I'm Dawn. And I'm Cole. And Scottish Murders is a true crime podcast dedicated to people from or living in Scotland. Just like anywhere else in the world, these murders can be truly horrific and shocking. And we want to shine more light upon them. Join us every two weeks on Scottish Murders, where we'll bring you cases both solved and unsolved, giving you an insight into the other side of Bonnie Scotland. Find us wherever you stream your podcasts, as well as on social media. Join us there. Bye. Coming back for the final segment on this edition of the ODPH podcast. And, Pad, you got that local minute? Yeah, I got to talk some uh, Binghamton Black Bears hockey uh, because looking at the standings, uh, they are currently in fifth place with a record of 10 and 11. They've got Carolina, Danbury, Columbus, and Watertown ahead of them. 
Uh, looking at their games they had this past week, uh, on Wednesday, December 29th, they won by the final score of 7-5 over Danbury. Uh, Saturday on uh, New Year's Eve, they lost by the final score of 4-3 to Watertown. Uh, and then on Saturday, January 1st, they lost to Delaware by the final score of 7-3. to uh, looking ahead to their games they have this coming week, they got a couple of home games going on. Friday, January 7th at 7 o'clock Eastern, they're at home playing the Port Huron Prowlers. Uh, and then they're back playing the Port Huron Prowlers on Saturday, January 8th, also at 7 o'clock p.m. Also should note that the game coming up on Friday, January 7th is uh, Operation Sellout Night. Hmm. What is Operation Sellout Night? Well, according to uh, reading off the official Binghamton Black Bears Facebook page, quote, Tickets are already going fast. Don't miss out on Operation Sellout. Every ticket is just $8. Damn. This Friday, January 7th. That's right. We said it. $8. Get yours before they're gone. Now, I will say ticket prices aren't that bad. You know, they're they're a little bit less than what they used to be with the Binghamton Devils and the Binghamton Senators if you're in the area. Uh, but $8, a ticket, is a real good deal. That's uh, a hell of a deal. So yeah. you definitely want to make sure you check that out. Yeah, check that out. Uh, more tickets, uh, information, and news, and all that good stuff. BinghamtonBlackBears.com. And I also got to give a quick shout-out to Excite Wrestling. Hey, so yo. they decided to kick off the new year with the year of Excite. Uh-huh. And definitely uh, a fun card. Never this, It's always a fun card. Oh, yeah. Excite. You never know what you're going to get. But some big moves happened. A new faction form with Sean yeah. Carr, LSG, and Pat yeah. Sawyer. The Frap Rose are no longer a team. Yeah. It's a sad day in Mudville. And then uh, we also had Dan Barry and Dalton Castle. That was a fun match. Yeah, was, I can imagine. That was that was a fun that was a fun one. And then a weird scenario where Axel Lennox had the world title for about five minutes and then gave it to HC Loke. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of storylines that were happening on. You can catch the replay on twitch.tv slash Excite Wrestling, spelled X-C-I-T-E. Yeah, they got a couple other events coming up. Uh, they've got, I spotted this one on Facebook this morning. I thought it was kind of interesting. Taking place on Saturday, January 15th at 3 p.m. Eastern is uh, Excite Wrestling's Project X Episode 1. Uh, mm-hmm. and uh, On the Facebook event, it says, quote, uh, a new monthly show featuring the up-and-coming talent of the Excite Training Center. Plus, you never know which Excite stars will show up to set the bar for the next generation. Uh, so that's definitely, I've caught that caught my general mission, only $10 uh, with cash sales at the door only. Uh, no online or advanced sales will be available. Uh, but if you did purchase a ticket for the year of Excite show, the, the show that just took place this past weekend, you get in for free. That's cool. It's a very, very cool idea, and I, and I like that idea. Yeah, I do, too. I mean, they're trying to do something a little innovative down at the X. Yeah, and then they got another card. A uh, poster for this. Oh, my God. Yeah, you know, you need to go to the Excite Wrestling Facebook page, and if you don't have a Facebook, Google Excite, X-C-I-T-E, Wrestling Facebook, and look at this poster because their next show uh, is taking place on Saturday, February 5th, and it is titled Johnny Stock. This fo- poster is the greatest fucking poster I've ever seen in my life for a wrestling show. Uh, so this is taking place, as I mentioned, on uh, Saturday, February 5th, uh, which, reading from the Facebook post, uh, meet and greet is at 5 p.m. Doors open at 5 p.m. The show is at 6. After party is 8.30. This is featuring uh, MLW's Davey Richards and Impact's Ace Austin. We'll also feature Excite International Champion Sean Carr, Pat Sawyer, TJ Epics, and so much more. No matches are announced yet, but based off of the poster alone, holy shit, it looks great. The poster, it kills me every time I see uh-huh. it. Oh, my God. For all that and more, ExciteWrestling.com, and definitely check them out on social media as well. Yeah. 
Uh, so that being said, let's roll the dice and take the show home, Pat. Yeah, i got to talk a little college football because taking place this coming Monday is the college football national championship game where we've got the number three ranked Georgia Bulldogs taking on the number one Alabama Crimson Tide. Mm. The juggernaut that is Alabama with Nick Saban, the near, the nigh undefeatable. You know, hard to beat them. Got to say, they got quite the juggernaut going on down there. Uh, currently, uh, as we record, Georgia is a three-point favorite uh, heading into the game, and the over/under is uh, fifty-two. And I'm going to say, take the under. No, I'm going to say take the under. I, I don't see them combining for more than fifty-two points. That would be absurd. That would definitely be absurd. Uh, listen, I think this is all Alabama. Yeah. I'd love to see Georgia win. Don't get me wrong, but it's Alabama. Yeah. Hard to root against them in a title game. Yeah, and then, yeah. Because they do things like that. This is true. Uh, and then we've got to mention a little bit of NBA because, hey, we are uh, almost partway through the season. We're coming up on it. Uh, looking at the division standings currently in the Atlantic Conference, you've got the Brooklyn Nets in first place at 23-12. and 12. Uh, The Central Division, the New York Knicks are, well, they're there. I won't mention it. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't want to rub salt in the wound. No, no, please don't. Uh, you've got the Central Division in the Eastern Conference where the Chicago Bulls are in first place at 25-10, and 10, looking like the 90s in here. Uh, you've got the defending champs of the Milwaukee Bucks in second place at 25 and 14. Uh, the Southeast, uh, division, you've got the Miami Heat in first place with a record of 23 and 15. Out West in the Northwest, you've got the Utah Jazz, uh, in first place with a record of 27 and 10. Uh, the Golden State Warriors in the Pacific out in first place with a record of 29 and 7. Good Lord. Uh, Clay Thompson getting ready to come back. I've heard at least by... By Sunday, I'm, yeah. I'm hearing early rumors Clay's might come back on Sunday, so that could, that'll be something to see. And it'd be good to finally see him come back after all he's gone through. Yeah, we definitely want to see the Splash Brothers back yeah. on the court. Uh, and then in the Southwest uh, Division, you've got the Memphis Grizzlies in first place out in the Southwest uh, with the record of 24 and 14. Also, going to mention because this is a little shocking, Lakers are in uh, third or one, two, three, fourth. Uh, they're, they're second from the bottom in the Pacific Division uh, with a record of 19 and 19. Yikes. Well, you know, the problem is that not everybody's meshing together as they thought they were going yeah, to. Yeah, turns yeah. out when you build a video game super team, it doesn't always work. Exactly. So kind of really hard to say about what's going on there. But is the NBA anything is possible? LeBron played a game at center and put up like 50 or something absurd like that. What the fuck? Yeah, so, I mean, I'm not writing the Lakers out just yet, but I think they got a lot of work to do. And obviously now that Christmas Day has came and gone, the uh-huh. NBA season is in real full swing. Yes. So we kind of have to wait to see how they do. The Knicks got to make some moves. Ah, uh, Dame Lillard, come to New York. The Knicks, the Knicks need a clone of Patrick Ewing to come through the door. Well, I mean, Mitchell Robinson's playing well, but, you know, they, they got to get some more help. And, I mean, obviously they went on their little runs, but they do so much and then they fall apart. So it's kind of a sad thing to say. I hate, yeah. I hate saying that as a Knicks fan because there's all that potential in the world, but yet – we find ways to just come up short, and, you know, it's just one of those things that I hope the Knicks can turn things around, and I think yeah. so. I mean, I'm not giving up on my team. Oh, well, yeah, I so. mean, started off so hot, fell off a little bit. Yeah, but there's a lot of time to be had, so uh-huh. definitely wait to see for that. Yeah. All right, for my last role here, I want to address something that came across my wire. Okay. And it's some UFC news asterisks. And this is this ongoing battle of words between Jake Paul and Dana White. Ooh, go on. So if you haven't heard, Jake Paul has been very vocal about Dana White um, allegedly saying about cocaine use. hey A few things of that nature. Shit. Uh, really questioning the UFC's business practices, to which Dana replied, 
on a uh, Instagram Live, I believe. Okay. It's, it's on the net, so you can definitely check it. Uh, he challenged Jake Paul to test him for the next 10 years for cocaine if he could test him for the next two for steroids. Goddamn. Also, if Jake Paul is on steroids, he needs a fucking refund. Yeah. So that was going around, and then Jake Paul kind of went in yet again on New Year's Day, and I'm just going to read the tweet, which Jake tweeted out at Jake Paul. Uh, Happy New Year at Dana White. Here's a real challenge for you. I will immediately retire from boxing and fight Jorge Masvidal in the UFC if you agree to. twenty or $12,000 now. Mm-hmm. Guarantee UFC fighters 50% of UFC annual revenue. So that's $1 billion they did in 2021. Provide long-term health care to all fighters. You have said have brain da- you previously said brain damage is part of the gig. Imagine if the NFL said that. There are many UFC alum who have publicly said they are suffering from brain damage. I believe it. Uh, he said you have five days to accept and implement the, all the above by uh, March 31st, uh, 2022. Okay. Once implemented, I will immediately retire from boxing, enter USADA, and agree to a one-year f- or one-fight deal with, in the UFC to fight Weak Chin Jorge. To all the UFC fighters, time to take a stand and create your value with yourselves and your peers. You deserve higher pay. You deserve long-term health care. And all above, you deserve freedom. Support each other. I'm not your enemy. I'm your advocate who selfishly wants to KO a few of you to make some big bank. End quote. Wow. Thoughts on this, Pad? Uh... Like I said, uh, I now I will preface this by saying I have not taken steroids myself. I have seen individuals on steroids. Uh, and then I say, if Jake Paul is on steroids, he needs a fucking refund because he got ripped off. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is wild, and I did not see any of this coming to A, end 2021, or B, start 2022. Uh, Jake Paul makes some very good points in terms of like helping out the fighters and giving them a fair shake because the UFC is making a good chunk of change. Whether Conor McGregor is there or not, whether Brock Lesnar is there or not, or John Jones, or Chuck Liddell, or Ronda Rousey, uh, they make a good chunk of change, and I definitely think that you you need to give the fighters, no matter what level or class they are at, their equal share of the pie. You know, and and when it comes to the health and, and the well being of the fighters, currently and down the road, I think you absolutely need to because otherwise you'll be looking at a situation much in the way the NFL was a couple of years ago when they had that class action lawsuit. Uh, against them where they had to put aside the like what was it like a billion dollars or something crazy like that Mm -hmm. you know that was a fun for the former players you know and just the stories you heard about that and what would happen to former players in nursing homes and retirement homes was nothing short of just tragic yeah you know so i definitely think you need to help the fight so as much as i hate jake paul and i can't stand his ass and i want to see him get knocked out i won't buy any of his pay-per-views but shit i'm here for him if he gets knocked out he makes some good points he makes some points I will give you that. Like when I first read this, and I was like, "Are we this for real?" He brings up a lot of interesting categories here, and I do agree about the base pay. Like I, I, it's something the UFC has always been criticized about, but there's always that fight incentive of the you know knockout of the night, submission of the night when they were doing that performance of the night. I believe it's now transitioned to yeah. When you have those, is incentive to really make some money and really go out and perform. And I think that that's where Dana is coming from. Like I say, I'm not defending him. This is just my interpretation of it. And I think that he is bringing up a lot of, you know, interesting ways. And he's also threw out um, for Jake to throw out there some ideas. Uh, Dana responded and was not really taking him that seriously. In fact, uh, to paraphrase a little bit, he kind of gave him, well, if you think you're so smart, why don't you start your own promotion? He did go after somebody in Jake's entourage who he's nicknamed the Warlock, uh, who Dana claims uh, used to work for him. 
actually in the UFC, and, right. and there it seems like there's a lot of bad blood between those two. So it's tough to say, but I think for Jake to bring it up, I think is very interesting. No, yeah, and I pulled up an article because I was curious. Uh, according, uh, this is from an article on Sportico.com uh, that was dated the end of November. Uh, it says, uh, you know, this is regarding like the UF, UFC's record financial year they had this year, despite everything going on. Uh, you know, they estimated their, uh, revenue to be, uh, this Morgan Stanley. So, you know, the banking company that is like real fucking legit Mm -hmm. estimated that 2021 revenue for the UFC would be $930 million. So this is with 440s. Now this is estimated 447 million coming from the core content rights. That's domestic, uh, 109 million coming from the international rights. Uh, 184 million coming from sponsorship licensing and consumer products. Uh, 57 million coming from live events domestic. Uh, what is it? 15 million from international live events. 59 million from pay-per-view sales, and then uh, 59 million from Fight Pass subscriptions. So you can't tell me if if the numbers are right and the estimations are right. And let's face it, they might be close. They might not be exactly on. You can't tell me if the UFC is making in the neighborhood of 930 million dollars. They can't cough up a few bucks more. Oh, of course. Fighters. I mean, but this is something that's been going on since the dawn of time with the UFC. Like I say, the, I don't mean to sound very cold about this, but this is something you know going into the UFC. Spades a spade. Yeah, I mean, this is. You know, not justifying it. I want to make sure that that point's very clear. But this is something that you know what you're going into when you play any physical combat sport. And you understand that, obviously, the pay scale should be different. And I think there's been arguments over that for the dawn of time. Yeah. But Dana also brings up the good point. is like if somebody else thinks they can do it better, why haven't they? And that's kind of your argument you have to have as well. And I think if Jake is really serious about this, why doesn't Jake start his own promotion? You can get with other fighters and other business revenue. Yeah. And if you're really that serious about being the mouthpiece and the advocate, as you claim, that's an avenue to start looking at. Because, I mean, obviously, nobody is taking you seriously as a boxer. Oh, hell no. Nobody. Hell no. Like, I'm sorry, Jorge Masvidal, if he was let go from his contract, would knock you out in probably the first round. Uh Uh-huh. And the only reason Floyd Mayweather's entertaining you is he's looking at the dollar signs going, ooh, that's a lot of money. Well, it's easy. Yeah, it's easy cash for him. Yeah. I mean, that's all they're saying. Nobody's taking you seriously as a legitimate threat. Are you here? Are you like whatever weight class he's in? You're not hearing big name boxers from that weight class go, yeah, I'll fight you. No, it's all former sports athletes, you know, current sports athletes who, you know, are, are names, but not the hugest of names, you know, and, and Floyd Mayweather, who he's a name, he's a huge name, but he's not doing it for the accolade of, Hey, I'm the guy who I, I knocked out. He's not going to have it on his gravestone. I knocked out Jake Paul. No, he's looking at these bank account, and the dollar signs he would get. Exactly. So this is something to keep your eyes on. Uh, I mean, I don't think Dana would ever let, Masvidal or Nate Diaz out of their contracts to go box them. I know that those have been the no, two names they called. No, but this should be something if Dana and Jake, and Jake's keep going back and forth about, like the fact that this has generated so much buzz. And I think a lot of people are sympathizing with Jake's stance, right? Which is kind of wild to think about, but he does bring up a lot of legitimate points, and that's something that Dana did kind of skate around a little bit because he just went back to the old, if you think you can do it better, do it better. Yeah. Which he's not wrong about saying, but at the same time, it's the argument we have about when WWE releases wrestlers. Mm -hmm. You're on track for the best fiscal year you've had in the dawn of time. Yep. Why are you going to shortchange everybody else? So this is something, just like I said, this is our opinions of the matter. It's going to be interesting to see how this all shapes up moving forward, but 
it's going to be something that I think for if fighters are serious about, you know, they want to start getting paid better. Jake could be their advocate. And this, could be. Oh, my God. I can't even believe I'm saying those words out of my mouth. I really can't. It is what it is, though. So what a wild world we are kicking in 2022. The, dec- the decade has already been weird enough. Let's get weirder. Yeah, I know. Seriously. But we can't close out this episode of the ODPH until we talk about those locks and leaps. And it's getting crazy into the final week. JT from the East Coast Avengers is staying in first place at 72 points, but Pat is right behind him at 68. Can you get over the hump? Can you take down the young gun? I hope so. We hope so, too. We're just trying to see that competition. Uh, Joey from Soul Wizard is right behind him at 63. There's a bunch of people at 61 with Rich from the Three Fat Nerds podcast and Jay West from We Get Dubbed. Evan the Great and I are tied at 59. Mash from Hops Geek is at 58. Coach Duffy is at 56. Mac East is at 53. And JBD, 49, with Brian Wayne at 43 to end the competition for this week. Going into the final week, Pad, who you got for your locks and leaps? Uh, well, for my lock, no surprise here, I'm going to take the New England Patriots, uh, currently favored by the line has actually moved a little bit since we started, uh, six and a half, uh, or the D- Miami Dolphins. And then for my leap, I- I've got to admit, struggle with this one. A lot of the leaps I'm looking at, like, yeah, no, not going to happen. I mean, Christ, Indianapolis is favored by 15 and a half over the Jaguars. No. You know, I I, I strongly considered for a minute, you know, the, the – uh, Chargers and Raiders, but I was like, yeah, just I don't want to go anywhere near that one because you never know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do think riding the wave of the emotion this past Monday, I think we're going to be able to carry it into Sunday. Whether it'll mean anything or not, don't know. But currently, the Pittsburgh Steelers are underdogs by five and a half points to the Baltimore Ravens. I think they're going to be able to ride the wave of emotion and everything, and possibly Ben's last hurrah in Pittsburgh, possibly his last hurrah in the NFL. Who's to say? Who knows? But I think they're going to go out and win one more game for old Big Ben. Not a bad pick. Uh, I agree with you on the lock. I mean, I said at the beginning of the show, Pat's so, all day. So you're not taking the Buffalo Bills by 16 and a half? See, this is what scares me when the Bills get that high of a point spread this late. Like, do I think they're going to win? Yeah, but still division, and the yeah. Jets can scrap. I mean, this is this is true. This would be like one case of those, in point last Sunday. Yeah, this would be one of those fluke games that comes down to the wire, and I don't want to sit there for my stress level. But I'm going to go with the Pats because, like I said, Miami's a joke. Yeah, you heard it. I said it. Well, yeah, this uh, is true. I'm not shying away from that statement. Uh, but my leap, though, there's no bigger game this weekend than the Raiders and the Chargers. And it is time to don some silver and black. Hey. Kudos and a rest in peace to the late, great John Madden. Facts. The Raiders are plus three against the Chargers, and there's no chance I go with the Chargers in a big game. I'm sorry. This is going to be a 27-24 to win for the Raiders. I see this being a last-minute field goal, but the silver and black are going to the playoffs. That's my call. Boom, drop mic. So that all being said, Pat, the music you heard on this edition of the ODPH is that Brian Wolf. Where do I go to find out about Brian? ODPHpodcast.com. Right on. Swing it over. Check out the music section. You can check out everything going on with him. Everything going on with Shout, Second Suitor, Tom Jolo, Yard Party, Floodlands. The list goes on and on. Fantastic people you should be supporting all the time. So you can also check out the directory while you're at the website. Which, Pat, how many players do we have up now? Like 1,500. And three. We're adding more and more each and every time we get DM'd. Hey, I don't see your pl- our, my favorite podcast player on your site. Well, just let us know. In fact, I'm getting excited. Good Pods is saying they're doing a desktop app. Oh, that's so cool. So you're not listening on Good Pods. Seriously, that is the spot to go for independent podcasting. I will give them a free plug. They're treating us very well. We always chart extremely high on Good Pods. 
So definitely go check it out on your favorite app store and download it and find the ODPH there. Drop that follow. Drop that five star. We appreciate that. We do. Also, check out Parley Points, complimentary blogs to the show. Always drop in there, whether it's Blogs Count Anywhere or the comic reviews, if you're into that as well. Also, the T Public Store. New designs are up. It's a, it's a new year. You need some new swag. That's the only place to go get it. You need this in your life. Isn't that right, Pat? Yes, it's true. And then we also have to swing on over to the Classifieds, which has Friends of the Show, Organizational Link Support, Black Lives Matter, all the amazing pod groups we are in via their Podchaser pages. So you definitely want to go support everybody there. Inner Circle, Podalypse, A122 Productions, all that and so much more. ODPHpodcast.com. That's all I got for this first episode of 2022. So for the one only Pat and Uh Happy New Year and fuck Rob Manfred and fuck MLB Network. Get him. Get him. Look up the article. Uh, MLB Network fired Ken Rosenthal uh, because he had some critical articles about Rob Manfred from during the pandemic. Fuck them both. Yeah. MLB Network and uh, Manfred. Rosenthal's top shelf. Yeah, he is. He is very much so. I'm your host, Ken. Thank you, as always, for listening to the ODPH Podcast, better known as the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. We'll see you next time. Sometimes I lay awake at night Wondering what life would be like If you weren't taken before your time The lessons you taught me Try to remember, try to engage Sometimes it feels just like I'm staring at an empty page I'd love to hear your thoughts on the world today. 